ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another special edition of Somos Mas. My name, of course, is Seth Bidoff. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, you'll notice we have a brand new face with us tonight. Uh, joining myself and Jacob, we have the VP of Communications for the Loud and Stampede and one of the hosts of the Too Loud Adams podcast, the official podcast covering I'm covering Loud uh, Loudon United. Um, Adam Davis. Adam, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you being here. I know uh, the time difference is something we had to we had to work out this week, and I know you just put your your daughter to bed. So, thank you so much for taking time out of your day for joining us, and we're, we're happy to have you. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me on, and, and apologize to all the viewers that I'm in an unfinished basement. This is uh, this is my recording situation. So, <laughs> oh, no worries, no worries at all. I mean, Jacob's got you know his wall, of course, behind him of United stuff. Mine's just a. If I move my green screen here, you'd see just a, a white brick wall. So, <laughs> you know, you don't have anything to worry about there. Fair so. enough. <laughs> Um, so yeah, for those of you that don't know, this year with the cross conference play, New Mexico United does get to play loud in United for the first time ever. If you follow the club news through the offseason, you know that one of our own, Sammy Sergi, was signed by Loudon United this past season. So in an effort to get to know a little bit more about the club, we invited Adam on. He graciously uh, agreed to join us. And so, Adam, I guess my first get my first question to you is, how did you first get involved with the Stampede? And then how did the Two Loud Adams podcast come about? Uh, two awesome questions. So, uh, and two, two separate answers, very, very separate. So the, the, the inaugural season in 2019, um, there was just groups of fans kind of watching, uh, you know, in small groups and random local bars, wherever we show loud United games. Uh, one of those happened to be like the official sponsor at the time for like the Jersey sponsor for the team. And just sitting in this kind of like this dark uh, bar, you know, sitting on the couches uh, with a group of folks. And they were kind of talking about maybe getting a supporters group together. They were members of uh, Screaming Eagles, which is the the parent club for you know, DC United's parent clubs, one of their supporters groups. And um, they kind of wanted to create something similar, a place for people to gather before games and, and hang out and also be a part of the community and, and kind of get involved with the team. And so uh, I jumped into the conversation and say hi, you know, hi, I'm I'm Adam. I'd like to be involved, and uh, we've uh, weirdly enough been adding Adams and Dugs ever since. We have a weird quota for <laughs> those two names, um, but it's it's been perfect and and been great. Um, and on the Two Loud Adams podcast, that was just uh, one of the the members of the Stampede, who's at, who's another Adam, um, of course. Uh, just we're usually the two individuals that kind of talk through some of the communication channels that we have. Uh, in the stampede and we're usually kind of blowing it up with with stats and interesting facts and and hey look by the way this person got traded from here to there uh where a lot of the folks are kind of just game day fans they don't really follow much outside of that so they get their news from us in a sense um outside of what they may read from some dc united uh blog posts and so during uh covid last year when we were all locked down and there wasn't a whole bunch going on we in and the season kind of kicked back up and in july we said might as well do something with this create a podcast get some gear and we've been doing it virtually and uh and the hope is to eventually maybe do like a live one or two in maybe uh in a bar or something locally but that's that's how it all started right there yeah i think we we kind of come from the same uh point of view you know we when after the United was announced, we said, you know what, we want to get involved. We want to do something. And Jacob has been a member of the curse. Jacob uh, helped was one of the guys who helped start Somos Unidos News, a, a local print publication, actually, that, that started up in our inaugural season. And I started that year writing for the local ESPN affiliate and another, you know, blog and other community uh, fan site. And so, yeah, it, it's exploded. And one of the main differences that, that you and you mentioned it is you guys are a US or an MLS2 team. Now, we know that historically the MLS2 teams aren't exactly treated well by the USL community by even the, by the parent clubs themselves. We've seen what happened with the RGV and Houston Dynamo. What in your opinion do you think the MLS clubs have to do in order to fix that image of these MLS2 teams and how does DC United handle that relationship with the Gosh. with Loudon? That's a, that's an impossible question to answer. I think at this point it's so, yeah, I, I, I feel like most people in our like supporters groups and stuff are okay with, I, I kind of hate the term MLS too, even though I use it all the time. Um, if you, if you follow anything on Reddit, it's what everyone uses is what everybody refers to these teams as. And some teams even have 
um, names that have literally two in them: New York Red Bulls two, Atlanta United two. Um, luckily, we're not even we're not not that we're any better, but maybe a step a hair better that we have our own brand, um, Loudon United. But I, I don't know. Um, you know, there's different ways that I feel like the those MLS teams can kind of communicate to their teams, like, hey, you're not just in a place that we're going to put academy kids. Uh, to kind of figure out and, and be a landing place uh, for, you know, and and there's there's gonna be a balance between veteran players coming in as well. And I think that there were some some signings in the off season uh, by by D, you know by by Latin United, but with DC's purse, right? That uh, kind of conveyed, hey, we're we want to do something in in the USL. We don't want this just to be a place for for our youth to grow. And not that that's a bad thing. We've got plenty of very talented youth. You know, we've got. Um, uh, Ted Cudi Pietro and, and Adam Lundegaard and and, and, a, and a group of other kids, you know, Jacob Green, some kids that are, are, are regulars now on the DC uh, roster, Griffin Yao and, and uh, Jacob Green and, and uh, a few, uh, Moses Nyman, you know, names that like obviously can play at this level. But for the most part, you kind of need that, that professional, you know, playing against adults, you know, not, you know, playing for points as they, as they say uh, across the pond, right. You know, like it needs to matter as opposed to just these, these scrimmages against other youth programs and, so I think the investment of money like that, you know, kind of showing that you're that they care is, is one way to, to to communicate, you know, that that what what's happening in Loudoun matters. Um, but it can hurt so much when when we lose um, someone like Drew Scundrich was a was a big signing. That was a he's a Western Conference player, played a couple of years in Sacramento. Um, you guys might be familiar. I'm not sure if you played him, but. Uh, He's a super talented, uh, high high caliber box to box midfielder that they they just stole from us. Um, in the result of as a result of DC United having a ton of injuries and, and not being able to field the full team, and it's like the second you know things get rough over there, it, it hurt. I don't know. It, I think I'm the only one complaining though. I think everybody else is very happy for him, and I'm very very happy for Drew because um, he's starting tonight, the night that we're recording this. He's starting right now as well. Um, for DC, but it just, it hurts. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how they can, how they can. Well, and I think Garner, I, I yeah. think some of that MLS two malaise, whatever you want to call it is, is a little unwarranted because we've seen some MLS two teams do well in this league. Uh, RSL won the championship. The last actual champion that we had uh, was, a, was an MLS two team. And we saw Red Bulls two do really well in this league for uh, several years in a row. Um, and it, it, it's just the, the peak of the MLS two teams doesn't seem to match the Valley of the MLS two teams. Like when you have a Swope park, well, formerly Swope park now SKC two, that is just not fun to watch at all and has never been good. And then now you have Vegas with this LAFC deal and they've looked probably worse than I've ever seen anybody look in a USL championship match and so it's there's real high highs sometimes and there's real low lows and it just seems like the majority of the time it's it's either middle of the pack or low and so you guys don't get credit and it doesn't help when like you said they take they take a signing that you think is gonna help you guys perform in the championship and move him up before you even get a chance to see what he looks like in a loud pit or loud and kit yeah and, and- it doesn't, it kind of, I should say it doesn't help, but it doesn't help the fact that the majority of the fans that we have that are Loudoun fans, right? We were DC United fans first and foremost. Right. It's just that DC is no longer close. You know, we, a lot of us just live out here in Loudoun County. And if you're familiar with the geographic realm of it, it's an hour, hour and a half um, hike from, from Audi Field where DC plays. And so, I, I, but, but you're right though. I mean, the, the MLS two teams are, New York Red Bulls too was a proverbial playoff making mm-hmm. team up until last year. It was I think their first time under their current head coach that they didn't make. Uh, LA Galaxy too I think is a pretty good yeah. stellar team. They they um, made the playoffs last year and they look pretty good so far this year. Yeah, and and then you have us and Atlanta United and we haven't made the playoffs once. Um, and we finished uh, last. Which uh, there's this account on Twitter called the Wooden Spoon of USL. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they harass us nonstop. It's it's in good humor, but it hurts. It definitely hurts. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough. I don't know. So going into this year before the Skundrick's Skundrick news and everything like that, did you, did you guys have you personally, did you have hopes of possibly making a playoff run or doing, doing some kind of damage or, or is the fan base just kind of there for a good time? 
No, I think that I think especially when when we started seeing names. I know you said before the Scundrich, or maybe you mean before he got before taken he, from us. before he got taken from you guys. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that you know we we brought in some some significant players from overseas. I mean, we we filled out our international roster spots. You know, those are all um, we we brought in uh, Sammy. You know, who I know didn't play a bunch for y'all, but is a he, he's at least a veteran striker. I guess you could call him. Um, I thought that those were signings that are, I think that the fan base felt that those were signings that meant we were going to go for it. You know, they set a goal, like the goal for the year is to, is to make the playoffs. Um, we lost one of our, our assistant coaches. Uh, and, and I don't know, it, it, it seemed, it, it seemed like it was kind of coming together. You know, we know coach Ryan Martin kind of plays a little bit different football than, or soccer than, than most people, you know, in the U S play, he kind of likes the, um, if you're familiar with the premier league, the, Marcelo Bielsa style kind of uh, murder ball, as they call it, um, tactic where you know you've got a lot more movement on the wings and the ball being pressed around a lot. And so this new guy at DC, that was what he was going to be doing. That was uh, what Hernan Losada was going to do. And so we thought like between the tactic side of things, maybe and the, the players, the talent coming in, absolutely. I, I don't think that anybody thought we were going to just sit back and, and and do nothing. But it, you lose a game. <laughs> to Miami where you're um oh, it was a painful game where you're up you know an, an extra man for the majority of it and then you lose our our, our big star signing it, it definitely hurts and it's hard to I mean it's going to take hopefully a win at, at uh, against New York to, to kind of put some a little fire under our bums again so let me ask you this Jacob mentioned earlier you guys had a pretty good 2019 and obviously 2020 just kind of went out the window for for everybody. Uh, you mentioned the USL spoon account and, and, uh, you know, I, I think we all follow them and, and they're, they're fun to, they're fun to get to. Now, honestly, I think if everyone had played all of their matches, I think RGV might've finished below you guys, but, uh, you know, looking at 2020, how, how, do, what do you think the club has done internally to kind of rectify what happened and put, put a better foot forward this season? Um, well, the signings is, is, is number one. Um, I think that that was a big a big move. Just uh, get, getting some of those international players in and, and everything, I think, showed that hey, look, you know, we mean business. At least we want to contend. This isn't just a bunch of uh, you know youth and, and kids playing here. Um, but I think that I think a part of where Loudon struggles is, is getting fans to the stadium. And so one of the things that the team did really well internally is they kind of marketed their stadium a little more. Um, they, they struck some deals with, uh, the big, uh, NWSL team around here, which is the Washington spirit. And they always pack stadiums there. They got a huge fan base, uh, great supporters groups. Um, they, they struck some deals with them to come out and, and play at the same stadium that we play at and, um, kind of get a little bit more on the map. Uh, they also worked with, uh, old glory, which is the Washington, uh, DC rugby team to get them out there. So like, I think that that was one way that they kind of helped try to at least maybe get people out there, get people interested. But with regards to recovering from 2019, um, gosh, I don't know. Because I, honestly, I don't know what went so wrong. I mean, it just – everything went so darn wrong. It was it was terrible. I, I don't know. We, we kept some talented players. We lost some very talented players, players that are doing great things right now, um, you know, that weren't performing for us. Uh, toward the end of the season, you know, Elvis Ammo, who was – our leading goal scorer uh, at one point just wasn't performing. He wasn't, he wasn't there. And now he's scoring goals for RGV right now. So I, it's, I have no idea. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm answering a lot of your questions as I don't know, but that's. Uh, well, with, with those years from hell uh, that teams have, it, a lot of it is unexplainable. It's just what can go wrong will go wrong. And, and I hope and pray that we, we at New Mexico United don't have a year like that, but uh but yeah, we see it all the time. If you follow basketball at all, the Celtics are having one of those this year. They just they they were supposed to be really good, and they just haven't put it together for whatever reason. And they've got talented players. They just don't. They're not performing and not gelling as a unit. So, so it happens sometimes. Well, hopefully it's a sometimes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully it's not continuous. Yeah, that's. I don't know. I. I sound I sound very down on us. I'm we're we're super excited and we got our first home game coming up and we're we're extremely excited to play y'all um, as well. You know I think by the time the listeners and everything are going to hear this right that 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 home game will be in the past and this will be the next game up. Um, but we're stoked to play y'all. I mean this is our 
not only the first time playing y'all, this is our first Western Conference uh, opponent that we've ever had. So this is, this is a huge deal for us. You know, we don't we, we've never had the opportunity to kind of play outside of the, these small groups that we've, we've hit. And I feel like half the teams that we were playing on a regular basis are gone now. Bethlehem Steel and I know uh, Charlotte is still a team, but like aren't they potentially leaving as well? North Carolina's in USL one. We used to play them a good good amount. I mean, it's yeah, I don't know. It's kind of yeah, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, I, I imagine with the Charlotte MLS squad that uh, you know anything in that area as far as USL goes, it's probably going to be kind of swept under the rug a little bit. So yeah, I, I get that. You know, it, it sucks to lose those perennial opponents that you that you've seen. Yeah. But that is the life of, of a USL fan is there's going to be turnover for for a while until they really figure out what they're going to do. Like, what are they going to do with the MLS two teams when all is said and done? Are they going to be in the USL championship? Are they going to be forced down? Are they going to have their own league? Like, we don't we don't know. So until then, we just got to play who's in front of us, as they say, and. And I think that this this year, what the league did, being able to open up clubs to play other conferences and play teams from the East and teams from the West, depending on where you're at, is is a good way for us to learn more about the league as a whole. Because I don't know about you guys, Adam, but we we follow the Western Conference pretty religiously. But the Eastern Conference, it's like, okay, yeah, we know a Tampa. We know a Loose City. We, we know Miami came in last year. And yeah, well, that they don't really count. <laughs> but yeah, that's true. I know they haven't done a ton. No, they're a development squad. That's what they. So are. this is yeah. this is actually forcing us to be like, okay, Loudon. Like we we mentioned earlier that we had a player leave here, uh, Sammy Sergi, who he we signed him last year as a rookie, and he he had a great preseason. And then he didn't play for us hardly at all. And we didn't know why. And it didn't come out until after the season that he had a heart condition that he was dealing with last year. And, oh, wow. and that's why he, he couldn't play. So, but he, he, he got that under control and he, he seems healthy. I saw that he was in the starting lineup for you guys for Miami. And so, so you guys are definitely a team that even if we weren't playing you just because we have a former player over there, you know, we'll, we're is a team that I was definitely going to keep an eye on. So, so I'm excited for that, and I and I think that the club should do more of this Eastern Western Conference crossover stuff during the regular season, just to get the whole league built up. Because you have you have clubs like Lou City that are huge, but they don't know anything about maybe New Mexico because we're a poster child for the USL apparently. Which I was going to ask you, the, everybody else seems to hate us in the USL. All the other fan bases seem to can't stand us. But you guys came in the same year that we did in 2019. So you guys don't have the the history that everybody does with the FC Cincinnati or or a Phoenix Rising fan base that, that can be kind of obnoxious. So I'm assuming you don't have any ill will towards us since you came on. <laughs> no, not, none at all. I, I, I will say... You guys are one of the poster child children, as you say, you know, for the USL. I mean, and, you know, I, I completely get we don't do a lot of research on the Western Conference stuff. Exactly. Um, you know, so your lack of knowledge on the Eastern side makes it complete sense. Other than we, we know about y'all because, you know, you're one of the teams, you know, you guys know about you said Tampa. Tampa is one of the teams that USL loves to talk about. Um, if you listen to um, what's the, the podcast? Steal some time. Steal some time. Yeah. Yep. They they love Tampa. Um, even when Tampa's doing bad, they think Tampa's going to win everything. Well, and, they, um, and it turns out, and then, they, yeah, they, last year they did. Almost, and they're in know? Tampa. the The USL is based in Tampa, so sure. so that's that's probably yeah. part of that. Yeah, and and they're talking a lot of Miami now. They they like uh, they like Loose City. Loose City's an amazing franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, stole uh, an amazing player from us, which is so heartbreaking. Um, you know, they they have their their teams in the Eastern Conference. You you've heard of them, but. No, we, we have no ill will. We uh, not that we don't care. We we respect y'all because we know that y'all are one of the big kids in the league. Um, but no, I don't. There's no no ill will whatsoever. Well, I'm glad you think that because if you ask Phoenix or El Paso, we're the little brothers to them. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's fair. That's <laughs> but fair. but that's that's another topic for another day, and and maybe another guest <laughs> if they're willing to come on. But so that that Miami loss, you kind of touched on it. Were there any positives to take away from it? Yes. Um, and I even had a whole list, you know, 
they're so hard to remember at the moment. You know, one of the, the big positives I think I, I, I pulled from, from that game was that the, the players that we had starting, there was a lot of big names that we didn't still have involved and, and you know, out there. Unfortunately, one of those was Drew Skundrich, who's no longer going to be an option. Um, but there, there's other names, I think, that are still in the international protocols for, hmm. uh, for, for COVID or for whatever. Um, and there's a couple of people that are injured. And I, I don't think that that was the final lineup that we're expecting to see. Uh, and so that was one of the positives. I think that it was like four or five games into the season that we scored a goal from open play and not from directly a penalty last year. And hey, you know, we, we right off the bat, you know, we're, we're scoring goals even though we're a man up, you know. And, and our star player who – if you're not familiar with and you get a chance to watch some games, watch him because he's amazing. Um, his final touch is a little rough, but uh, his name's Kairu Amustafa. He's uh, a super talented, very, very fast winger um, from Niger. And he he's he picking up right up right where he left off. Last year we had this this player who finished the season strong in 2019, uh, Aldeona Ndor, and he, he just never really found his footing again um, in 2020. But this year it's like the, the players that were firing toward the end of last year, are firing again, you know, Already. right now, but yeah. So, but I'll tell you, it, it's hard to find positives in a game where, you know, we go down two zero super quick on silly, silly errors. And, uh, and then we go up a man, you know, and then for 80 minutes, we're, we're up, we have an extra person. It's like, ugh, it's hard to find positives when that's, when that's the case. So. For sure. For sure. So I tried to do some research on Loudon before we came on air here, and and I don't know what's going on with the USL championship teams this year, but there's quite a few clubs that either don't have updated rosters on their own websites, they don't have a Wikipedia page up, or and there's no preseason information out there for a lot of these guys. How, what was the preseason like for for Loudon? How did you guys do? And you know, you, you've already mentioned that, you know your one winger as as someone who's a, a star player. Is there anyone else? on Loudon that we should be watching for when you guys come into town? Oh man, those are all, you guys like multiple like compounding questions. Let's see if I can remember <laughs> all that. So um, preseason wise, uh, it was a lot of closed doors action. We didn't see a whole ton of what was going on. Um, and we played a couple of teams. Some games got canceled. There was a Richmond kickers game that got canceled. Uh, we got to scrimmage DC United. So that was awesome. Um, although they kind of took some of our players because they're so injured at the moment. Um, but it was mostly closed doors. That's why you're not seeing a lot of information. We didn't see a lot of we, – we, we couldn't watch. We couldn't even follow. We saw it uh, via Twitter. I mean, it was, it was kind of unfortunate. Um, we even had a preseason scrimmage after our home opener against Philly Union 2, who's now in the uh, – they're no longer in the USL, right? They're in the MLS Reserves. Reserve League. Yeah, which is a whole other, you know, looming threat for teams like us. Um to either find our own identity or maybe join that and leave the the adult league, but you know I, I don't know I there there wasn't a whole ton that happened. I mean it was we, we performed well. We had a couple wins, couple losses. Um, we leaked a lot of goals, a lot a lot of goals. Um, but I think that was also a result of like a lot of our big names. Uh, one of our starting center backs was up playing with uh, with DC. Our starting goalkeeper, the presumed starting goalkeeper, was up with DC. You know our mid half our midfield was up with DC. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, our, our club captain, I mean, was up with DC even. So, so names that to be watching out for, for us, I mean, like things that individuals that maybe could potentially be a threat. That That's a hard one. I, cause so many of the new, they're, they're all new names, right? For the most part, we've got a couple talented kids. Uh, one is, uh, is Theodore Cudi Pietro, who is an Academy DC United Academy player. Uh, who's just got bags of talent. He's, um, He's an attacking midfielder, but he can play the wings. He, he's very versatile. Uh, he came in halfway through the Miami game uh, for formerly Hartford's Nicky Downs, I think. But he's he's a threat. He's he's a, he's a terrifying person to watch if you're an opposing team. Um, and he's going to score some goals, maybe not against y'all, but nonetheless. Um, we, we also picked up a, a, a guy by the name of... Um, uh, Samake, yeah, Samake. He's he's a uh, Ivory Coast Cote d'Ivoire player who's um, uh, who's our left back against Miami, and he seems like he's gonna. There's gonna be something there. Uh, but 
Uh, Kairu is the one that everybody talks about. If Loudon ever gets you know spoken of highly on on uh, steal some time, it's because of Kairu um, scoring a brace in a game or, or doing whatever. He's he's got an awesome um, awesome talent. You know, we, we also got a, a, a two individuals who came on loan from the same team in in Venezuela. I think I'm I'm, I'm pulling this all off my head now, but uh, you know, one of them it was highly scouted by a couple of MLS teams, and somehow we landed them. Um, I think with the hopes of eventually going to DC, but uh, that's one of the one of the positives, right, of being an MLS two team is is getting folks like that. But uh, his name is Dar Luis Paz. I think that he's someone that if he gets on the field against y'all, he could he could certainly disrupt. But um, kind of a left wing, maybe uh, center forward kind of individual. But yeah, nice. How hands on is DC United with Loudon? I mean, obviously we see how Houston Dynamo kind of manhandled RGV the past couple of years. And we see what uh, LAFC is doing right now with the lights. Is it that bad with DC United or are they pretty much, or do they stay fairly hands off or, you know, oh, they it's all behind closed doors. So it's hard to say they, they do a really good job of making it seem like they're hands off um, that, that it's its own entity allowed and exist on its own. Um, but it's very obviously not, um, you know, decisions like the, the Scuntridge deal, um, you know, taking taking other folks, you know, which, you know, you, you got to be excited for for kids like uh, Jacob Green, you know, going up and, and uh, getting opportunities. But, you know, folks like, like you know, maybe that aren't aren't starting or playing on a regular basis, not, you're not playing between or, or whatever. Um, I would say they're pretty darn hands-on. Uh, the biggest news, I think, that got kind of glossed over in a sense is that we have our own our first ever general manager, right? So like one of the things about being an MLS two team is the management can, or and all the staff and everybody can just be DC United folks who are kind of like taking like uh, a deployment of sorts, you know, it's a Loudon, right? They're going to go do their, their year or two there, <clears throat> you know, and, and because of that, we've had a ton of turnover, right? We've had from, from the staffing perspective, everyone from ticket sales to operations, uh, the management side, generally speaking, they do a year or so. We've had one individual who has been um, kind of, she's worked her way up and now runs a lot of a lot of the operations and, and whatnot, but uh, who's been a stellar and super help to the supporters groups and fans and to everybody. But other than her, I mean, it's been kind of a rotating door, more or less. Um, and so and that tells me that maybe we're a second thought that maybe, you know, they're just kind of putting folks out there as they work their way through the DC United ladder. Um, and, and I would imagine that <clears throat> if that's the case with the staff, it's probably the case with players, you know, you know, as well. So <clears throat> I think that once or twice a week, they're probably training with the DC uh, team, you know, if, if, if there's time allowing. So I, if that's the case, I mean, they see some folks they want to poach, they're going to do it. You know, it's, that's the way it's going to be. Did you follow the USL at all before Loudon came to be? Yes, but not not very strongly. Um, I I love soccer, and I always kind of loved the idea of maybe a promotion relegation system. So I <clears throat> I didn't follow it enough to understand why that couldn't happen until Loudon came about, and it was like a very glaring, obvious like why it can't happen, or at least not yet. Um, but no, not 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 intensely. Uh, I would watch playoffs essentially. So. Uh, Jacob, got any more questions for Adam? If not, then uh, we'll, we'll give Adam the opportunity to ask. We've been asking all these loud and United questions. We'll give Adam the opportunity to ask us about New Mexico United. Yeah, go ahead, Adam. I'm, I got, I got nothing left. Oh man, gosh, I didn't, I didn't come with any questions prepared. Um, you know, I, I guess I could ask you what, what kind of season do you guys think you're going to have. Is this going to be? Uh, unfortunately, all of our opponents are, are maybe with the exception of Colorado because I believe that they had a bit of a rough year last year, but um, all of our opponents are pl- like proverbial playoff teams, right? They're, it's massively unfortunate. We've got um, everyone from, well, at least Hartford at least had a good year last year, but Tampa, we've got, um, we've got y'all, we, we've got RGV not, but they're, they're starting off right now in first place in their little division. So, right. I think so. Yeah. Are they? Yeah. So they, what are y'all's expectations? Are you, are you guys thinking like you guys have a chance at at a at a, at, a, at, a, at running the table, doing doing the big one? Um, is that the I th- hopes? 
I think so. Uh, I, I think me and Seth are both somewhat on the same page. We made a lot of of signings for players that that are were made to come in and make an impact and elevate us to another level. And you look at what we had to go through last year, playing every game on the road and and still making the playoffs and and keeping the majority of our core intact. Uh, we lost Chris Weehan to Orange County. But other than that, um, we didn't lose a ton. Uh, well, we lost Cody Mizell uh, really, really late in the preseason process as he went to NYCFC to be their one of their backups. Um, but the club has done good to to replace those guys and bring in more talent around them. I think part of our problem last year was on the attack. And we were at the press conference last night after the Austin Bold match, and the coach said, you know, we've got a ton of attacking talent this year, which is true. And we've seen – we saw it in the preseason. We didn't see it so much those first two matches. But um, but I think that, that if we can gel and come together and play like we did last night against Austin, uh, then, yeah, I think – I, th- I think playoffs are should be a lock. I, if if we don't make the playoffs, that's a complete and utter failure. That's a year from hell type year. Um, and and if we don't make a deep run, I think I think the players will be disappointed. I think I think if you ask the locker room, their their mentality is championship or bust. Okay, that's awesome. That's that's that, that's exciting to hear. Like you know, like that's that's what a fan base is, is mentality is. I got, I got other a couple other questions I've come, I've come up with the same as you were saying that. Um, and I'm thinking like, because we're a very budding uh, fan base here, right? It, it's all beginning, even though we started at the same time as y'all, which I didn't actually realize that until you just said that. Um, unbelievable to hear. But um, what 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 was like the onus or like the 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 match or whatever that that lit the fire in, in New Mexico? Because you guys are have such a larger fan base. You have such so much more attention, so much more um, coverage. You, you said we, we talked earlier, and you said you have six different podcast um, competitors, so to speak. You know that that are in the same market. We're alone. Um, we don't have a ton of listeners. We have you know fifty or so listeners on a regular basis, and you know what what was it? You go to a bar or anything here. There's no loud and united stuff in the walls. There's no nothing. Um, what, what created that, 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 that push? For well, I think part of it is we don't have anything else. Uh, we don't have, we don't have they or DC United an hour away. We don't have Washington Redskins right there. You don't have, cause I know the East coast is so compact that you can, you can drive a couple hours and, and see several games of professional sports. And here we got nothing. There's, yeah. there's a triple a baseball team. And a couple colleges that are have have a run every ten years uh, where they're good enough for the national fan base to, to kind of take notice, but then it leads to nothing. So, so I think just not having anything for the people to latch on to, and then giving them something like New Mexico United, and having the first player be Devin Sandoval, who's from Albuquerque, and then having the you know they kind of got some slack when they first came out with New Mexico United because it was oh United okay it could you be any more cliche when it comes to to soccer names but um they've really pushed for for unity and and for not to just be a name but for it to be a meaning behind the club and for them to give back to the community even more than the community is giving to them and you asked about a specific match, and and I can't really think of one. I I know the first, the very first match in history, we had twelve thousand fans, um, and that yeah, that's amazing. And then it yeah, just yeah, and then it just kept growing from there. So it just oh. just last night we had eight thousand six hundred and forty seven. Seth, I think, um, yeah. and that was small compared to the first year at times. So. To me, to me, it was more about it was it was the majority of it was what they're doing off the pitch lately, and they have a Somos Unidos Foundation, um, which gives back to the community. Even that first year, they had a section that was called the Community Corner, where they set aside tickets for low income areas that or low income groups or areas that 
couldn't afford to go to the matches and they would just give those tickets away. And wow, that's awesome. So they're just they're they're It's a real community base um, to where it's not just a soccer team. It's it's it really is like a, a giant family, like going to the match last night for the first time in 570 some odd days um, and seeing people that we saw two years ago and met two years ago and still keep in contact with it. It really it's not it's not like a, anything that I've seen in the sports world at all. And yeah, we might get some slack from, from other USL fans about our fan base, always throwing out attendance numbers and stuff. But if you understand where you're, where it's coming from in New Mexico, where we've had nothing, um, it's a big deal to us because it just, it shows that people can be passionate about something in the state. And yeah. And I'm I'm born and raised here. Uh Seth's a transplant from Atlanta like we've already talked about before the thing but but even he he recognizes what's going on. Well, you just needed that spark and and it like was a tinderbox and just blew mm-hmm. up and, and that's awesome to hear. It, um it, yeah. it really started with Devin Sandoval being signed and them being like, really? "Oh, okay, we're going to have have somebody that We're legit. Yeah, that 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 means yeah. something to New Mexico that New Mexicans already knew. And not only that, but we had we had three New Mexicans start last night. Um, really? yeah, Josh Suggs, Sergio Rivas, and Devin Sandoval. And then we brought in another one off the bench and Justin Schmidt. So so they've really, really kind of honed in on New Mexico and and meaning something to the fan base here. And and the fan base, I think, was just ready to blow up on something. And then, like you said, it just a spark was lit and it just took off. That's so you cool. Know, I kind of want to add to that, you know, from from my perspective, the club did a fantastic job of hyping up that inaugural season that is before true. things happen. You that mean, is true. You mentioned the signings of Devin and Bees and those guys. but And, the, and the, the attendance that first night was fantastic. What really sold it for me and where you really saw the media attention start to take off was after the Wednesday night match. Win. That yeah. first Wednesday night match. Um where we beat Tulsa 2-1. And I went out, and we had almost 8,900 people on a Wednesday and night. it was cold. It was cold. It was cold. It was cold. cold. It, it, it might have been gosh. rainy. It was a terrible night. He had 8,900 people here in the stands. And first win in club history, I went and I looked for media coverage after the fact. And one of the lo- local outlets here had like a three-sentence blurb on the match, and that was it. And so... At that point, ESPN Radio here in town didn't even have a deal with the club, and so I start. I tweeted at all these outlets. I said, "Guys, like, where's the coverage of this? Like, they just got the first win in club history, and there's nothing out here." And like, I think that kind of from that moment there, that really sparked it. It's, it's, at least yeah, from a media sure. perspective, that's where I got my start from. From that one tweet that I put out, the radio station reached out and said, "Hey, do you want to come write for us?" Really, that's so awesome. Yeah, that's so yeah, good. and so that's how I, that's how that started. And so I really think it. You know, you can't. Yeah, you, like, like Jake said, we have the isotopes, we have the Lobos, UNM. Sure. We've got a couple other like indoor soccer teams. We got the the Duke City Gladiators, a uh, you know indoor arena but football league. None that you are know? ten thousand people mm-hmm. sitting together. Yeah. You know, nothing like that. So and awesome. for them to pack the stadium, they we the way that they did that first year. I mean, we have over fifteen thousand people for Cinco de Mayo. No, and oh. a stadium that the capacity is thirteen thousand, basically, you know. And so it just the the club has been so involved in the community, and they've been so vocal about what they want to do. You know, they have the internships, they have, you know, they're bringing people in. You know, give them pathways to coaching, pathways to working in professional oh. sports, and they do so much outreach that I don't think you can go anywhere in the state now without seeing the crest somewhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. And, that's so awesome. And and to go back to what Seth was saying about media coverage, it was it was how I got to start too. We there's a group of fans that were like, Hey, why is there no coverage of this? Screw it. Let's just do our own. So we actually I have the yeah. first the first copy right here where we we decided to to do a print. Guys. And and that that cover that cover right there, the story was written by one of the players. And then it's got a bunch of stuff in it that just fans, fans put together. We, and then 
when you're dealing with that though, and you don't really know who you're dealing with, uh, things can kind of go sideways at times. And, sure. and a lot of, uh, sure. a lot of the, a lot of the people thought we need to do this and this and this and this, and it just got too big. Um, so year two came and we, I still wanted to keep it going, but we lost pretty much everybody else. And so, so me and Earl, um, kind of kept the social media aspect of it going. And then we brought Seth in. Well, me and Seth kind of talked about doing other stuff, the dad ventures podcast that we talked about earlier. Yeah. And, um, then we said, well, let's just do a, let's just keep the Somos Adios news banter or banner and, and run with it. And so we started the podcast last year and felt like we needed a rebrand this year. So we changed the name, but, but yeah, so it, it the, the lack of coverage was shocking when you had, when you had 12,000 people at a match and then, oh my gosh. and then, yeah. and then nothing in the local news or newspaper or anything like that. Wow. So, but now, like I said, I, I, after I said six podcasts, I was actually counting them and I think there's four, I think there's us. Then the, Still. the club, the club itself has a official podcast. They have two. Well, oh. no, they just have the United sessions one. And uh, many. Uh, oh many, yeah, uh, and then they have almost then they have a Spanish speaking podcast. Um, yeah, that's awesome for for fans. And then they have yeah, cool. uh, the the curse. The supporter group has a podcast, and then we've got a podcast. And then sure. there's another uh, kind of uh, there's another kind of fan fan ran um, thing that that also has a podcast. So so one two. Three, four, five, five, five total. Oh, five. Yeah, okay. Five total. So I wasn't that that's far off, but still, that's awesome. We're, we're it. I mean, for Loudon, there are plenty of other like DC folks that cover us. Um, we do a lot of like like conversations and work with RFK refugees, but they're 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 uh, you know adults. They're the uh, I say the adult. They're the DC United you know yeah. um, podcast. They just they dabble in us, and and um, we write some articles for them and stuff like that. But we're we're it. It's it's so small and I hope that there is something that ends up being that same like spark that kind of lights the tinderbox for us. Um, I, I just, I hope it happens. It's not, it hasn't happened yet. We filled our stadium to 5,000 person stadium. It's, it's, it's little, but it's, it's kind of like comfortable, you know, uh, we filled it for the first game and we haven't filled it since to my knowledge. So when I, um, and I think what, yeah. what helped us and what will help you guys is winning. You know, we, mm-hmm. it took us seven matches that first season to lose a game. And, um, oh. and, and that, that helps that builds excitement. And then, yeah. you know, to, to make the playoffs. And then we had the open cup run, uh, in 2019 where we went to the quarterfinals. Um, we beat three MLS, two MLS teams. Um, and so, so success on the pitch will eventually, I, I think had, had that first season not been as successful on the pitch, I'm not sure we would have blown up as much. So, and maybe because of the community stuff, but, but for you guys with having so much competition there for everybody's attention, it's gotta be a product on the, on the pitch that actually gets people's attention and keeps it. Well, hopefully we have it here soon. Um, I'll tell you for, for your listeners and for, for you all as well, um, a reason to watch us and, and to make us your Eastern conference uh, team is is not only Sammy as you guys mentioned, but um, you know, well, I was going to mention Sammy, but the Sammy piece, he's he's not only a, a former player of y'all, he's he's from our area, so like he's he's got a cool story to him. You know, he he went to uh, high school in, in Ashburn, which is like right here where uh, where the stadium's at. Um, so it's there's a lot of cool stories. Uh, there's there's some fun stuff to watch. Yeah, tune tune into us as well. You know. Yeah. And, um what, what do you guys do you guys do score predictions what do you guys think this is going to look like this this matchup between our teams yeah we do <laughs> score predictions um a couple weeks ago we had a what was it a 18 nothing no, prediction no, against not, uh, rgb it was fake it was fake <laughs> yeah I, but give, give, give it to me. i can handle i can handle it what do you got what's it gonna be so i i've only watched part of that miami match but hopefully the second half a little bit of both a little bit it was i was in and out in and out but uh I've predicted four nothing for two of the three matches now, and I've been I've been really wrong the first one, and I was almost there last night. I almost got got it correct, but partly because I don't I don't know about you guys as much, and uh, out of respect for you and Sammy, I'll say three nil. 
<laughs> I thought you would have said 3-1. Maybe he scores or something. No, 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 still, still death blow. All right, fair enough. What about you? Um, for me, you know, again, it comes down to I, I still don't know a lot about, about Loudon. Uh, I'm going to go back. I'm going to watch the Miami match. I'm going to watch uh, – who you guys you guys play uh, Red you guys play this weekend? New York Rebels, Rebels too. Yeah, it's, it's I'll watch the- Tuesday, I think, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll be sure I'll watch that match as well, just to kind of get an idea as to you know what I might see. But without knowing too much and, and knowing how our defense is at times and how oh, no. we have this tendency to switch off, like at the end or the beginning of a half, um, I, I think there's. I, I don't think the shutout is a possibility. I don't think that. Um, oh, I appreciate I, that. I do think it could be something like three one, two one, something around there. Um, but yeah, I just I just don't see us keeping the clean sheet. Okay, well, I, I, that, that, well, well, I'll take that. Um, yeah, I don't know, I, I don't know either. I mean, it, it, I think that there's going to be, I think that teams that we're going to end up beating or the teams that we're going to tie and that kind of stuff are teams that are going to sleep on us. Um, and and I, I don't think it's going to be all. I don't think that we're going to sneak one back. Like, if I were to make a prediction, I can't say we're going to lose, even though. <laughs> hey, I, I predicted I, we would lose to El Paso last week. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, I, I would probably, like, if the, my official, if I'm putting one in, I would say 1-1. One, one, but, like, you know, we, we don't know. We, 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 it could be, generally speaking, you look at, like, the talent. Like, the West Con- Western Conference has a lot more of it. You know, it's got better teams. They seem to perform super well, you know, and, and have the same, same talented groups, like, year after year. But, Maybe, maybe it's like, I don't know, maybe Eastern Conference has something. I don't know. We'll find out on uh, in a week and a half, you know, <laughs> but realistically though, we, we know, we know what we're walking into and it's not, it's not a dull buzzsaw. It's a pretty sharp one. Yeah. And, well, <laughs> and, I would say, go, go ahead, Jake. And, yeah. and the thing with you guys is that you, you don't even know really what to expect right now, because like you said, you had injuries and then international players that couldn't play and, and and I noticed you guys made an addition to your roster pretty late in the in April, so you guys could make moves whenever. You, I'm assuming DC yeah. sends people down or calls people up, kind of well, willy nilly. There's a regulation with that though, right? So it has to be under 23 is the only way they can go the in between. Mm. But there's a, there's a hold on that because of COVID, and I don't know if that's been lifted for 2021, okay. but. Um, we got those in between players, uh, where they can just kind of move no loan, no contract. Um, but we also signed some, you alluded to late, late signings. They were, uh, they were like DC United draft picks, right? So we get like first pick at those folks. Um, but yeah, they're, they're on like legit loud contracts, meaning like they, they won't go up and move between, but. So, so we don't know what, what, what your lineup will look like that night. We don't. Yeah. So at this point, anything could happen, but. I'll I'll put it this way: If we lose, I'll be upset. <laughs> oh, yeah, <that's> <laughs> hey, if we lose, I'll be upset too. But I also probably expect it. I mean, I, I I'm ready to be shocked, and I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for the possibilities of this season. I, my expectations are, you know, not super high, but I'm I'm excited for what what might happen. Well, after having you on and and talking to you for the last hour, I'm excited too. I just aside from the match on the 29th, I'm rooting for you guys. Heck yeah, we're we're a humble uh, but fun fan base. And if if you ever get a home game uh, for or out here in Loudon and you check out, we'll show you a good time. Uh, we'll be super nice to you before and after, and we'll be terrible to you for ninety minutes. Fair, okay. fair. <laughs> yeah. we, I was about to offer you this, the same thing. If you guys get the chance, come out here for a match. You know, hang out. You know, we'll take you. You know, get you some local brews. There's uh, quite a few good local breweries around here. So uh, Heck yeah, yeah. All excited right. for for the future for you guys. Excited for like I think that applies to. To, to everyone we're all excited to see what happens with these cross conference matches this year and i know we've gone over the the time we kind of said we would we would hit for ourselves but this has been a great conversation like i i've thoroughly enjoyed this and uh, adam appreciate you guys appreciate you so much for joining us this night tonight and uh giving us some insight into loud and united um before we get out of here where can people follow you on twitter follow the podcast or at the stampede or, or even just loud in general Sure. Uh, I mean, definitely check out. We have loudonstampede.org or .com. Both we own both domains um, from the Stampede's perspective. Perspective, excuse me. Um, so, so check them out. You know, from there you can find our podcast that, that I'm also involved in. Um, it's called the Two Loud Adams Podcast. You can listen to it on every uh, podcasting. You know, like Apple, Spotify, all that fun stuff. Um, 
social media, you know, two loud atoms is two. Sorry, I should say this from the offset. Two is T O O. Um, not a very creative name, but we're both atoms and we're pretty loud and loud and loud. And, uh, but t- it's T O O. So like we're like overly loud. Um, but yeah, you know, check out Stampede. We got a you know fun a fun page. I don't know with some some facts and stuff about the 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 group and and all that kind of fun stuff. But yeah, yeah I mean just. Definitely, definitely give us a follow or listen, and, and we appreciate. I appreciate you having me on and, and, and chatting with you all tonight. This was this was a ton of fun. I, I didn't mind going over the time at all. So hopefully you guys did. No, no, that was good. <laughs> yeah, no, this is great. So, uh, Adam, again, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we will ho- we'll hopefully re- reach back out to you after the match, and yeah. uh, we'll see how our predictions panned out. That's right. But uh, hopefully we ha- we can have you on the show again at some point. Uh, we'd we'll love to talk to you again, maybe later in the season, kind of recap. You know, ha- maybe how Loudon did versus your expectations or something like that. So Heck yeah. um, thank awesome. you so much for your time. Yeah. Uh, well, we're glad to have you on anytime. Uh, Jacob, you want to close us out? Yeah. Um, thanks guys for, for tuning in here. We, this is something new for us, but it's something that we've been wanting to do and we're excited to have, have guests like Adam on and, and to learn more about other teams. Uh, I try not to focus too much on New Mexico United because then you get kind of tunnel vision and, and your expectations can be kind of warped. So so it's, it's fun to know what else is out there and how everybody else is doing. So until next time, guys, Somos Unidos. You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and weekly discussions from around the world of sports. Each episode is recorded live on Tuesday nights on our YouTube channel and goes live on podcast platforms around the world later in the week. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bedoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using Zencaster and Audacity.